Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Acts chapter 8, if you're following along in your Bibles. But I'd like to, I'd be hard pressed tonight not to make mention of what happened um, in Texas recently. Um, it, it's just another evidence of how far our world has fallen. If you're not aware of the school shooting that happened in Texas, there were 19 children and there were two adults. And I, I just want to remind everyone here tonight, Washington doesn't have the solution. Our, no governor, no, no man on this earth is the solution to the problem. It's Jesus Christ. It's a sin problem. It's not a gun problem. It's a sin problem. And so let's open up in prayer and um, look into God's Word in Acts chapter 8. Father, we thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your dear Son and His precious blood and how we can be reminded continually of what He's done. And that we get to dwell on it and gain strength and encourage others with it and also share it with a lost and dying world. And I, I pray tonight as we look at this evangelist, that we would see the importance of sharing your truth with others. That we'd be less concerned about what people think about us and what you know to be true about us. God help us, we pray. Open our eyes to see you more clearly in your book. That you'd increase our fear of you and not man. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're in Acts chapter 8, we'll start in verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed." And there was great joy in that city. As Saul of Tarsus ravages the church, the Christians are scattered. At first glance, this looks problematic, but this is a most blessed dispersion. Those who were scattered went about scattering precious seed. They were preaching the Word. And then in verse 5, God continues to use this persecution for good. Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ. 
This is, this is the only message. We see in Acts 4.12 that there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Philip believed in Jesus Christ. He believed that Jesus was the only way. Philip, I'm sorry, Jesus himself told Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Philip preached the same message that the Pharisee, formerly known as Saul, who becomes Paul, preached. Only by this Jesus can a man obsessed with devastating the church become the one who is most used to build up the church. Is that not a fascinating thing? The one whose life mission was really to attack Christians and thinking he's doing it in the name of God becomes maybe the greatest Christian who has ever lived. Um, we don't need another message, but we need more people like Philip who are willing to proclaim this message this way. When the gospel is received, there is great joy. As we saw in verse 8, there was great joy in that city. This must have been a sight to behold. The people were attentive and they got a hold of the message. What can bring greater joy than being set free from the power of sin and death? Darkness to light. Going from loving falsehood to loving the truth. Going from delighting in wickedness to loving righteousness. This is a changed life. This is the fruit that Jesus talked about when a person is genuinely saved. Now imagine in the midst of this atmosphere, it's like, it's like an awakening, a revival type atmosphere, and Philip's instructed to leave. Just think about that. Turn um, in the same chapter to verse 26. Verse 26 and following. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah's. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? So an angel directs Philip to go to the desert. Uh, imagine, like we said, it's, it's a revival type of an atmosphere. There's great joy in this city. People are, are going from living selfish lives, godless lives, to being new creations in Christ. They're living for God. They're living and walking in truth. They're, they're beginning to understand what it is to know the one true God. And he's told, arise and go. Hot, dry, sand, snakes, maybe lizards and other creatures. Not many people hang out in the desert, right? Not a lot of shade. And there are many reasons to consider this a poor ministry plan. At first glance, it looks like a terrible plan. However, if that is where God directs you, that outweighs everything else. 
It doesn't matter where God tells you to go. If God goes with you, you're going to be blessed. He's going to take care of you. If we look at many missionaries over, over history and look at some of the places they went, no written language, right? No one else. They just went by themselves. Uh, there have been those who had no money, got refused by missionary societies, and turned to God and asked Him to help. Bought their own ticket to go to China and other places like that. And God blessed them because they saw God. They saw God. Philip does not stagger at the command as our brother Ananias does over in verse 9. Ananias is told to go to the straight street to the house of Judas and to lay his hands on Saul of Tarsus. If you want to just look ahead in Acts 9 and verse... 11. Same exact phrase is used. Arise and go. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and has seen a vision, in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And there he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. If we notice, there was resistance here, but not with Philip. He was told, Arise, ago, and he went to the desert. God's command didn't change, if you'll notice that. It says, after he resisted, but the Lord said, go thy way. Just like with Jonah. <laughs> he tried to run away and go another way, but God had different plans. And so we see, we're going to see how God blesses this man's obedience. Philip was a faithful man. Philip was in tune with the Holy Spirit, Spirit. And he exercises unwavering faith. This faith that led Philip to the desert led him to an Ethiopian reading from Isaiah 53. A man in the desert reading God's Word. This must have thrilled Philip's heart. I'm sure he was hot, uncomfortable, maybe even wondering, why would he send me here? There were so many great things going on. Where I, where I was. And then the Spirit tells Philip to join himself to the chariot. And I must say, I am thrilled at his response. We read that he ran. I wonder what our lives would look like if we ran to do God's will. If we didn't waver, if we didn't stagger, if we didn't question, if we didn't doubt. If we just trusted when God speak into our heart that it's Him speaking to our heart. That if we walked by faith and didn't go by our sight and look at our circumstances and wonder about the consequences, we notice in the Bible the consequences are handed to God when you exercise faith. God's, you told me to do it? Okay. You handle this. We could think of Abraham handing the consequences to God, taking his son up that mountain, 
given us a picture of an only son. David ran to face Goliath. He had an eager anticipation to do the will of God. And Philip, like David, had his eyes on the one who created the desert and the giants, the all-powerful one who sets one up and puts one down. The God that can cause a heart of stone to beat again. The God that raised up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. So upon catching up with the chariot, Philip asks the Ethiopian if he understands what he's reading. Chapter 8 of Acts and verse 31 and following. And he said, this is the, this is the eunuch speaking, the, the Ethiopian. And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And a eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? This is an act of humility for this man to ask. What, what is the Bible talking about here? Who is this talking about? God was at work in this guy's life. Jesus said, no man could come to me except the Father draw him. This man's being drawn to the Lord. And what we have here is a willing servant, an obedient servant. He realized his inability to understand the Scripture. Therefore, Philip began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I wonder if Philip went to the same school of ministry as Paul. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2.2 Perhaps Philip was there at Pentecost when Peter preached, or the time the angel of the Lord let Peter out of prison. I'll read from Acts 5.29-32. through 32. This is, The book of Acts is when the church is being launched, if you will. Christ is building His church. And this is the early on parts of what's happening. Peter comes out, he preaches, many people are saved. Peter gets put into prison later on. And we see in chapter 5 and verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Let me just stop there for a moment. We're going to have to have that attitude in the time we're in. Things are changing really, really, really fast right now. Our, our kids are, are being hunted. I don't mean just like what happened in Texas. I mean in the, in the public schools, in, 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 the, in the law system. There's, there's laws being established that are against the children, and it's trying to turn them towards perversion. It, there are things happening right now. If we don't speak for Christ, this thing's going to go south faster than Faster than it is. Let's just put it that way. Jesus said if salt 
is not salty, it's good to be for, for nothing. Throw it out and walk on it. That ought not be said about us. That ought not be said about us. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Peter identified himself as being a witness for God. Philip was cut from the cloth of apostolic preaching. Verse 36 of chapter 8, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Isn't that amazing when the gospel comes to a heart, as we saw in uh, verse 8 of this chapter? Rejoicing follows. True salvation is followed by a rejoicing heart because you realize what you were and what you've become by the grace of God. We begin to realize what it cost God in sending His Son to be made a new creature. This Ethiopian must have seen something or heard of something of baptism in Jerusalem because he offers himself to be baptized. There were 3,000 Christians uh, baptized in Jerusalem. So what is the biblical qualification for baptism? You ready? This is what Matthew Henry says. If you believe in the record God has concerning him, talking about Christ, we see in these verses that Philip said, if you believe with all thine heart. This is not a mental assent. We understand that the devils believe and tremble. This, this, is, this is not merely the filling out of a card. There, there, will, there will be nobody at the gate of heaven waiting for a card. If you can show me that from the Bible, I, I, I'd be glad to look at that and see that. But there will be nobody there waiting for that. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus? Are you a new creation in Christ Jesus? Works follow. This is not... <laughs> we can't see anything about fire insurance in this book. We don't. We ought not cheapen the grace of God. We ought not be willing to do a lot of the things that some do just to draw a crowd. Philip went to the desert. He wasn't looking to draw no crowd. He was obeying God, and God led him to somebody whose heart was being prepared. 
that's what we just read. That's, that's what the Bible says about it. This man confessed with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in his heart that God raised him from the dead and he was saved. He believed the gospel. He was united, united to the body of Christ. And then Philip takes him down into the water and immerses him. Now I disagree with Matthew Henry here. It's not because he didn't have a vessel to sprinkle him. Okay? That, that's not why he took him down in the water. He took him down in the water because that's what baptism means. He immersed him. He put him under the water. Finally, we see Philip one more time in the book of Acts. In chapter 21, verses 8 and 9. And, and there's time that has passed here. If you turn into uh, Acts chapter 21, this man's continuing in the faith. He's been following God for some time. And he's still serving the Lord. Acts 21, and we'll see in verses 8 and 9. Right? Yeah. Verses 8 and 9. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist. Look at that. Which was one of the seven and abode with him. What are they talking about, one of the seven? Well, earlier on, before chapter 8, where we read where Stephen was stoned, we read that there are deacons that are chosen. And it's in Acts chapter 6. And I'll just read it. You can stay in Acts 21. Acts chapter 6, verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied. Do you see the connection there? The word of God increased, and the disciples multiplied. It starts with the word of God. In Jerusalem, greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So, F Philip was also a deacon. And we see here in verses 8 and now verse 9, And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And let me just say, while we're here on this verse, it wasn't a coincidence that he had daughters that were virgins. I can guarantee you he knew the culture and the society they lived in. This was a man of God. He knew what the world, what the enemy wanted to do, how he wanted to violate his household and turn it upside down, smear the testimony of those people. But we see here, he had four daughters which were virgins that prophesied. They were familiar with the Word of God. They were not intimately involved with their culture. They were interested in the things of the Lord. And that should be said of the people of God. We can't try to blend in. We don't see that anywhere in the New Testament record. When, when Paul said, I became like all that I might win some, you've got to read that in the context. You, you, 
you can't have a beer in your hand trying to tell somebody about Jesus. It don't work. I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. I, there was a man, not our Will McDonald. I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you before, but there was a, a preacher of yesteryear named William McDonald. This is a different guy. You can look him up. And um, he was out to eat with an unbeliever. He knew this. He had been witnessing to this man for a period of time. And they're done eating. They had an enjoyable night. And this man, the, the, the waitress comes up and she says, what would you like to have? And he thought they were ordering dessert. And the man with him said, I'll have a strawberry daiquiri. And he thought it was dessert. And he said, I'll have the same thing as he is. And do you want to know what the man said? No, he won't. The lost person said that. No, he won't. And he explained it to him. Now, if the lost know that, ought we not to know that? We ought not dull the light that God has given us. Philip was bright for the Lord. He was obedient to the Lord because he was in touch with the Lord. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. These things of this life block out his voice at times. Don't we want to hear his voice more? Is there not no voice as sweet as the voice of Jesus? Is there nothing like being alone and knowing God is directing your life, even when it's hard? When the bills, you don't know how it's going to happen. When someone you love is sick, when someone you love just passed away, just knowing you are right where God wants you to be. And as best as you can tell, you're trying to keep a right relationship with Him and communication is open. You're not regarding iniquity in your heart. You're not blocking up the connection between you and God. That's what he wants for his children. He wants us to have a real, living, live, active relationship with him. So much so that we believe that he is more real than what we're looking at around us. He made every single thing. He's going to provide for everything you have, every need. He's holding it all together. I know it looks like a mess around us, but he's in control. I, I don't know what everyone else thinks, and, and it's fine. I, we don't all have to look eye to eye on this, but it looks like God's judging this country for what it's done, having the word of God. And we need to live for the king. We need to encourage each other in these things. We need to be here more than once a week, getting together. I know I need it. The way he created the church was for us to be united as a body and encourage and help and build one another up. Everybody here has a different gift. He gives everybody at least one gift. And we can't use them unless we're together. We can pray, of course, and we should pray, and there's nothing greater than pray, but you can't do more than pray until after you pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your son. 
Thank you for this testimony of Philip. He's a man of God. Though we have a short account of his life, we have enough to see that he belonged to you. That he was in tune with you. That he was obedient. Lord, that we as your people would strive for a testimony like that. That we would remember that you've given us grace to break down strongholds. That you haven't let things in our lives that you've not made a way for us to get out of. And Father, I just pray you'd help each one of us to to dwell on the things from your word. That we would be changed by it. So many in this community and in this country and world, Lord, need you. That we would take that to heart. God, that we would be found faithful serving you and we'll thank you for that. I pray you help each one of us here. Father, if we're not fighting like we used to, to get back in the fight. And for, do, for those who have been steady on the course, that, that they'd keep it up and not waver, and that we would encourage each other to stay the course, Lord. And I'll thank you for it. Thank you so much for the love you have for us. I should help us to just, to just dwell on that, to take time to stop and to be still and just think about that so that we can gain the strength we need to fight this fight. We're not alone. I'm so thankful you're there and you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.